Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is April 14th. Today, you guys, we are going to start Mosiah chapter 2. The chapters Mosiah 2 through 5 encompass King Benjamin's sermon, which, in my opinion, with the exception of the Sermon on the Mount, I think is probably the best sermon ever given. In fact, Neely Maxwell called it a sparkling doctrinal diamond. So we are in for a treat as we study the words of King Benjamin and the doctrines of Christ that are found inside. So here in chapter 2, people do what they've been asked to do, and they all gather at the temple. A tower is built so that King Benjamin can speak to everyone, but they realize that not everyone who's come to hear his words will be able to hear him. So they also have people writing down what he's saying and delivering it to all the people who can't hear King Benjamin. So this sermon is going far and wide to all the people in the land. So King Benjamin starts his sermon in verse 9, and I love what he says right off the bat. He says, For I have not commanded you to come up hither, to trifle with the words which I shall speak, but that you should hearken unto me, and open your ears that you may hear, and your hearts that you may understand, and your minds that the mysteries of God may be unfolded to your view. Okay, so very first he says, I have not asked you to all gather here so that you could trifle with my words. Now that word trifle, it means without reverence. So he's not saying, I didn't bring you here so that you guys could treat my words lightly or without reverence. I brought you here so that you could experience the sacredness and the reverence of the things which I'm trying to teach you. And so he calls for that reverence right off the bat. I think that that's such an important thing to understand, especially as we're trying to gain understanding and revelation into the things of the Lord, that we have to give proper reverence and respect to the things of the Lord. In 2004, Elder Christofferson gave a talk at BYU called Sense of the Sacred. And in that talk, he speaks about the importance of respecting sacred and holy things. He says this, the importance of having a sense of the sacred is simply this. If one does not appreciate holy things, he will lose them. Absent a feeling of reverence, he will grow increasingly casual in attitude and lax in conduct. He will drift from the moorings that his covenants with God could provide. His feeling of accountability to God will diminish and then be forgotten. Thereafter, he will care only about his own comfort and satisfying his uncontrolled appetites. Finally, he will come to despise sacred things, even God, and then he will despise himself. On the other hand, with the sense of the sacred, one grows in understanding and truth. The Holy Spirit becomes his frequent and then constant companion. More and more he will stand in holy places and be entrusted with holy things. Just the opposite of cynicism and despair, his end is eternal life. Now, I love that Elder Christofferson gave this talk at BYU. And back in my day, this talk was also given to all the seminary teachers because they really wanted us to help the youth understand to reverence things that are sacred, to not make light of things that are sacred. And as you hear that quote, it's obvious why. That as we begin to lose a sense of the sacred, we become casual, we drift from the protection of our covenants, our feelings of accountability will be forgotten, and finally, we begin to despise sacred things and even God. But if we can have a true reverence for things that are sacred, we can gain the spirit in greater and greater abundance. And the end game with respecting the sacred is eternal life. 
So it's such an important thing that King Benjamin was teaching them that he invited them to come to not trifle or to not take lightly the sacred things that he was going to teach, but to reverence them. In fact, after that, he invites them to hearken to his words. Now, hearken is such an interesting word because I think that there are different levels of hearing. We can hear, and that just means that our ears are working, that a sound is being registered, and we hear, right? I think that differs from listening. I think when we listen, it takes more effort on our part to try to understand. But then there's hearken. And when we hearken, we hear, we listen, but we also have a commitment to do. When we hearken, we have a commitment to act upon the things that we're learning. And that's what King Benjamin is asking them to do here. He's asking them to not just hear, not just listen, but to commit to make changes and to commit to do the things that he's teaching them. When we approach learning with that same commitment to do, it changes our hearts and it changes that learning experience for us. And so King Benjamin, right from the start, invites them to have reverence for sacred things and invites them to listen with commitment to act. Then King Benjamin goes on and explains how he was chosen by the people, that he was consecrated by his father, but that his whole goal was to serve them, to spend his days working for them and helping them. He says in verse 14, And even I myself have labored with mine own hands, that I might serve you. Now I love this because I have it cross-referenced to Matthew chapter 23 verse 11, where Christ teaches He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. King Benjamin didn't see himself as above anyone else. He saw himself as someone who was called upon to bless other people. Any good bishop I've ever had never saw himself as this great big boss of the ward, but as someone who was called to be a servant and a blessing to the people that he was called to serve. Then King Benjamin goes on in verse 17, and this is the classic service scripture. He says, And behold, I tell you these things that ye may learn wisdom, that ye may learn that when ye are in the service of your fellow beings, ye are only in the service of your God. I love this idea that he's teaching here, that when we are in the service of our fellow beings, we are only in the service of our God. It sounds a lot like Matthew 25. Remember Matthew 25 talks about You know, I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you took me in, naked and clothed me. I was sick and you visited me, in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous shall answer, oh, when when did we see you hungry or thirsty or sick? When did we do these things? And then the classic verse 40, it says, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Now, we talk about those verses a lot, but something that we overlook quite a bit is that right before the Savior teaches those verses, it's talking about all nations being gathered. And it says, He shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And then to those on his right hand, he says, Come ye blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. And then he goes on to say, Because I was hungry and you gave me meat, etc. That is how the king divided them. That is how he judged them. Those who reached out and blessed and served others were those who were placed on the right hand of God. 
those who understood this principle, that when ye are in the service of your fellow beings, ye are only in the service of God, were placed on the right hand. My friends, no wonder we've been given this new ministering program. Our Father in Heaven is trying to teach us how to serve. He's trying to teach us how to bless, how to lift, how to heal. And he's trying to help us understand how to use the spirit and our own agency to do it. Now, I'm a mom of two kids. If someone were to say to me, I love you so much, I want to do something for you, I want to bless you, I want to help you out, what can I do for you? I'm pretty sure I would look at him and say, you know what, I'm good. But if you see my son today and he's alone, would you go sit with him, be with him, let him tell you Pokemon jokes until he cheers up? Or if you see my daughter and she's feeling shy, would you go be with her and help her feel more comfortable? I don't need anything. But if you love me and want to serve me, will you help my kids out? We love God. We want to show him our love. But I feel like Heavenly Father saying the same thing to us. I know you love me, but I don't need anything. But if you see one of my kids and they're struggling, would you put your arm around them? If one of my kids doesn't have enough to eat and they're scared on how they're going to feed their kids, would you share? If one of my kids has forgotten how much I love them, would you show them that love and help bring them back to me? My friends, this is how we show our love to God. We love his children and we obey his commandments. And I testify that when we do those two things, we are showing our pure love to our Father in heaven the way Christ did, the way he asks us to. Thank you so much for listening today, you guys. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.